Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina. I'm bringing you today's word for December 11th, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus, and we're getting towards the end of the year. And so today I'm doing something a little bit different. On December 19th, I'm going to shut it down. I'm going to take a little bit of time for myself. And so on December 19th, I'm going to shut this down. This means that I only have six more messages this year to share with you. And I've been teaching on the parables. Well, something happened yesterday. So I've been teaching on a bunch of parables that, that help us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ as it relates to relationships. At our church, we've been teaching on linking up. And so it's been congruent. And so we've looked at all of these parables about relationships and how to be forgiving, how to be gracious. I preached a message last week entitled How to Be Gracious and Forgiving. And yesterday, my spiritual mother, Apostle Cynthia Brazelton, she preached a message and she dealt with Romans, in her message, Romans chapter 12 from the Mirror Translation, the Mirror Bible. I had never really looked at the Mirror Bible. So I had to look it up. I found it. And as she was going through it, I was like, oh my God, this is good. And so... There was a bunch of verses she went through in Romans chapter 12 from the Mirror Bible, and I was so impacted that what I'm going to do is attempt to connect some of the things that she said yesterday, some of my notes, with what we've been learning, you know, from these different parables. So the title of today's message is going to be a little bit different. The title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables, part 113. (laughs) So we're at 113 messages in this series, God's Love and forgiveness in relationships. Put this in the chat. God's love and forgiveness in relationships. That's what I'm going to talk about today. The love of God, forgiveness of God in relationships. Open up your heart to receive. So let's get into it. Listen, now we know um, what I'm about to share with you, I believe lines up with a bunch of parables. I'm just going to mention five that I've already covered. We, I've already taught you, but today's message will line up with the parable of the Good Samaritan. Now, if you get my notes in email form, I have a lot more you know, information that I'm going to cover here because I got a lot to teach on, but the parable of the Good Samaritan, and I'll say some stuff like that in the notes. Number two, the parable of the unforgiving servant. Remember that? Number three, the parable of the prodigal son. We covered that. Number four, the parable of the workers. That was a good one. And then number five, I just dealt with this, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. Before we get into these, the verse by verse breakdown, let me just say this. We've been meditating on a scripture all year from Psalms 126 and verse four, the Passion Translation. And it's because we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. We're still in 2023. We haven't closed out the year. So if there's any area of your life that has dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh you and restore you. The Bible says, now, Lord, do it again. Say, Lord, do it again. Do it again for me. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. So we want dry hearts to be drenched again. No dry areas for me. All right. So now this is what I'm about to do. Um, Romans chapter 12. Verses 9 through 21 from the Mirror Bible. I'm going to try to go through all those verses. Y'all ready? And that'll be today's message is 9 through 21, Romans chapter 12, beginning at verse 9. Y'all ready? We're going to go. Here we go. Verse 9. The Bible says, Love without any hidden agenda 
utterly detest evil and be glued to that which is good. So when we love, we should love without any hidden agenda, without any ulterior motives, without any intention of trying to manipulate people so I could get something back. No, love is selfless. Genuine love, the, the love of God is a selfless love that is about others and not ourselves. So we must actively resist evil, the text says, in all of its forms, committing ourselves and gluing ourselves to that which is good. Put in the chat, I glue myself to that which is good. We want to cultivate a heart that loves sincerely, that loves genuinely, and reflects the love that God has for us, connecting us to that which is good and not that which is evil. Say amen to that. Verse 10, Paul goes on to say, take tender care of one another with fondness and affection, esteem one another's unique value. Put in the chat, I have value. Now, not only do I have value, but you have value. We all have value. So we should seek to see people the way that God sees them. We should seek to see the value that God has placed in every person. So when we walk with God and we're walking with other people, we actually, not only do we get to esteem ourselves and, and, and believe what God believes about us, but then we actually get to see the value that God has placed in other people and we get to honor them. The Bible says, no, no man after the flesh. We're not, we're not seeing them the way that the world sees them. We're seeing them the way that God sees them. And so when we do that, we get to value and honor and respect them for who they are in Christ Jesus. And we develop a genuine fondness and respect for them because we see them as God's children. So we should approach every interaction with the intent on building each other up, not tearing each other down, with the intent of affirming and valuing the other person. So we should be proactive in our support, proactive in our assistance of other people, especially in times of need. So when you know that somebody's going through something, instead of tearing them down, we should be proactive in building them up. Say amen to that. Say this, say, my words minister grace to other people. Say this, I use my words to build people up and not tear them down. Verse 11, do not allow any hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of your zeal. Like you have this passion, you have the zeal, you're always excited, you want to connect with people, you want to have great relationships, but then you let something that they did interrupt it. He says, no, do not allow any hesitation to interrupt the rhythm of your zeal, capture the moment, maintain the boiling point of the intensity that you have in your devotion towards the Lord. So when you're walking with God, you should not allow anything to stop you from one, having a passion for Christ, but then two, having a passion for people. Put this in the chat. I will not allow anything to interrupt the fellowship. So what we want to have is our passion for God should be evident in our passion for people. And so we want to live for people. Our, Jesus said it this way, the way, the, the way that people are going to know that you're my disciple is because not, not just because you have love for me, but you have love for other people. You have love one for another. John said, don't tell me that you love a God that you cannot see if you cannot love the people that you see every day. So our passion for Christ should be evident in our passion for people. We should be role models in zeal and dedication and passion, not just for God, not just in the vertical, but also in the horizontal. Say amen to that. Verse 12. Delight yourself in the pleasure of expectation. Put in the chat, I have an expectation. Prayer prevails victoriously under pressure. Watch this. When I'm under pressure, I'm going to pray 
And I believe that my prayer prevails victoriously, even under pressure. We should take delight in praying for one another, building each other up. Prayer will empower us to experience the victory. I'm not praying for the victory. I know I already have it. I'm praying from the victory. Put this in the chat. I'm praying from the victory. I'm praying from victory to, I'm going from victory to victory by faith. And so I'm praying even in the midst of a pressure-filled situation, I know I already have the victory. And then, so now when I'm praying for me, I'm praying for other people, then I'm going to share testimony. And when we share testimonies one with another, our testimonies of answered prayer should encourage one another. We jump on here and somebody says, hey, pray for the surgery. My niece is having surgery. And we pray. And then the next day they get on here. Thank you. Oh my God. Everything went well. What is that? We're celebrating answer prayers. We should celebrate those answer prayers so that it would fuel us and give us a zeal and a passion to continually pray. We should pray all day long. We should live our lives with an attitude, a disposition of prayer. We should see prayer as a source of refreshing and restoring and reviving. We should see prayer as a source of spiritual nourishment and spiritual refreshment. We should see prayer as a source of joy and peace in believing. And so remember that when, when we pray, we're aligning ourselves with God and through prayer, God will help us to connect with other people. Say amen to that. Verse 13, purpose with resolve to treat strangers as saints. So the Bible says, listen, when you treat, of course, it's easy to treat fellow believers, you know, like fellow believers. But when you're dealing with strangers, Paul is saying, you should treat strangers the way you treat your brothers and sisters, right? Pursue and embrace them with fondness, just like they were your friends. Equal, on equal level of fellowship, make yourself useful in the most practical way that you can. So he's saying, listen, when the word hospitality in the Bible means a lover of strangers. So when you become a lover of strangers, God will empower you to embrace them like they're your friends. Like uh, yesterday, Pastor Cynthia was saying that Pastor Tony, her husband, my dad, my spiritual father, he's like, Pastor Tony don't have, he doesn't see strangers. He talks to everybody like, like, like is their friend, like is his friend, right? So you should treat every encounter, treat every encounter with a stranger as an opportunity to connect with them. You never know. This might be somebody that God has assigned you to and will be with you for the rest of your life. You never know. So you want to show God's kindness and love. Be intentional about building bridges. Be intentional about forming connections. Be intentional, VCMI, right now, about linking up. We should seek to understand and, and, and identify with people's different backgrounds. We should genuinely want to connect with other people. We should be inclusive in our pursuit of relationships. What does that mean? Okay, that means that if you are, <laughs> I'm not going to get into like demographics, but whatever your demographic is, if all your friends look like you, if all your friends are the same ethnicity, the same color of your skin, y'all went to the same type of school, y'all in the same career field, that's not good. I mean, come on, man. Like, like have some diversity in your life. You should be seeking to connect with all kinds of people. You just never know. And so, so you want to be open. You Even people who don't look like you, don't have the same background as you, you just never know. God may have assigned them to be a tremendous blessing in your life. I, I connect with everybody. Black, white, Hispanic, Asian, young, old, rich, poor, male, female. 
everybody. I connect with everybody. So you want to connect with all kinds of people. You want to make everybody feel welcome. You want to pe- like uh, you want people to especially come on now, especially when they come to your church. And it, it your your church should be diverse. Your church should be a a, a microcosm of, of the community that you that you live in. And so if it's not, you know, obviously you got to pray about that. But if somebody walks into your church and your church is predominantly one thing, like one ethnicity or one skin color, and, and somebody walks in that's not that, you should probably go out of your way to make sure they, that they feel welcome. Because they might walk in and immediately be like, whoa, <laughs> one of these kids is not like the other. You know what I'm saying? So no, they, you need to establish a spirit of hospitality where we become a lover of strangers and let them feel welcome. And if they come with different, um, how should I say this? If they have different experiences or different expressions of worship, then then don't, I don't know why, but people, especially in church, get offended when something is different. Like if they're wearing a hat, let them wear a hat. I mean, so what? If they, like, uh, 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 we recently had a situation where somebody was worshiping uh, and, and somebody was worshiping well, and they, they had like a little um, uh, a pet. And the pet was a, a comfort pet. And so they're in worship with a pet. And the pet is like in a, in a little bag or whatever, but they're worshiping. And somebody had a problem with that. Why? Like, I mean, like we're here to be lovers of strangers. We're, we're, we're here to create an environment where everybody feels welcome. If that's what that person needs and they're here worshiping God, let's let them worship God. I mean, like you, you let's be careful not to, to put your your traditions on people that have nothing to do with the love of Christ has nothing to do. God is fine with them and God is fine with their worship and God is fine with their pet. We need to be okay. Like let's stop imposing stuff on people that that doesn't make any sense. Verse 14, continue to speak well, even if someone wants to take advantage of you. Oh, bless them and do not blame them when you feel exploited. So he says, listen, now this is a whole nother level right here. Continue to speak well of people, even when you know they're trying to take advantage of you. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, I don't want to go too far because I still got some more verses to go. But I remember I was in the army. I was about to I was about to get stationed at Fort Lewis, uh, Joint Joint Base Lewis McCord, and uh, the person, the senior warrant officer that was there, um, was not fond of the fact that I was getting stationed there because he knew that once I got there, he was the man. But once I got there, he was like not going to be the man no more per se. So anyway. Um, so as I was going, I didn't even want to go. Like I tried to get out of the assignment. The Lord was like, no, you need to go. So as I'm going, this person just badmouthed me the whole time prior to me getting there. It got it was so bad that when I finally showed up at Fort Lewis and, and after I took my um my my PTO, the the day I arrived at my unit, they were at the battle lab. I went over to the battle lab, and when I walked in, day one, I mean, like me walking in, the person I was gonna walk work for, that person's deputy, said, oh, wow, the prima donna is here. And I said, oh, okay, this is going to be interesting. Of course, the love of God. I, I was just Rick Pena. The grace of God went before me. All of that changed. Before you know it, they were all, obviously, they recognized the value I was going to bring and all of that. But here's my point. I have a mentor that was like, let's get him. Like, you know, like, you know, he was talking bad about you. Let's get him. And I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. The Bible says when you, when you do good, to people that are doing evil to you, it's like heaping coals of fire on them. I refuse to do it. I just continue to speak well of him and just do, you know, do everything I started. I wanted to mentor him and be good to him and speak well of him and all of these things. And he didn't know how to handle it. And before we left Iraq, that person came to me, broke down, was like, oh my God, I don't even know. Like, so, so you, the Bible says, continue to speak well, 
even if someone wants to take advantage of you, listen, their poison can't stop your purpose. Like you just be you. Don't allow them. Don't stoop to their level. Don't allow them to change who you are. Choose to respond with kindness and grace, even in the midst of mistreatment, knowing that they can't stop you anyway. Guard your tongue. Avoid gossip. Don't go down to their level. See the best in people. Look for the best in people. Pour, extend grace and favor to them. They won't even know how to use it. They won't even know how to take it. They, and before you know it, if they open up their heart to the love of God, they will, they will have to acknowledge the error of their ways and they will come, they will even come in contact with God through that. And why? Because we're representing, listen, remember that your response to mistreatment is a powerful testimony. If you're just going to respond like everybody else does, then that's not a testimony at all. You need to respond to mistreatment. That is a powerful testimony. Verse 15, don't, do not merely act the role in someone else's gladness or grief. Like don't be disingenuous. You know, feel with them in genuine joy and genuine compassion. So the Bible says rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. If somebody, something good happens, rejoice with them. Don't be fake about it. Like, you know, oh, I'm happy for you. They could tell that you're, you're being disingenuous. Like if, if, they're, if they're weeping and you want to connect with them, then genuinely, like, be empathetic. Like, you know, connect with them on that level. Don't be fake in your connection to, because people are going to know when you're being disingenuous. All right, so you want to be able to be a source of comfort and consolation and connection and peace. And you and when you do that, and when you go beyond the superficial, you get to connect, connect with people on a deep and an intimate level. Say amen to that. Let me say this about, about that. Remember that sharing in each other's lives is a privilege. When somebody is, is allowing you to share in their success or in their challenge, they, that is a privilege. It is a privilege to share in someone else's life. They didn't have to tell you that. So if they shared that with you, you should see that as a privilege, as an honor, and honor it and respect it. Say amen to that. Verse 16, esteem everyone with the same respect. No one is more important than the other. Associate yourself rather uh, with the lowly than the lofty. Do not distance yourself from others in your own mind. The J.B. Phillips translation says, take a real interest in ordinary people. See, you should, you should be willing to connect with everybody. You, should, you, you don't want to just be connecting with people like, you know, just because they have the rank or just because they have the position or just because they have the money or just because they have the title. No, show a genuine interest in everybody. Like if, if you're going somewhere and, and it's so easy for people to be caught up in the, in the top person or be caught up in the person with the rank or the celebrity or the position, be genuinely interested in everybody. You don't know. There, there are people that are super interesting that you can have a, a meaningful relationship with that doesn't have the title or doesn't have the money or doesn't have the fame. So what? It's not about that anyway. So avoid the trap of favoritism. Avoid the trap of just seeking people for societal status. No, you want to connect with the people that God wants you to connect with. And it may not be somebody that has the title or the money or the fame. It's just somebody that's a good person. And then you connect with them and, and they connect with you. Say amen to that. Verse 17. Oh, I'm teaching better than you saying amen in the chat. All right. Verse 17. Two wrongs don't make a right. Never retaliate. Instead, cultivate the, an attitude to anticipate only the beauty and the value in every person that you encounter. I've done a lot of teaching on this already. Justice and recompense belong to the Lord. You got to see people the way that God sees them. And you should choose to respond with love and forgiveness, not revenge or retaliation. Instead, seek reconciliation instead of retaliation. Say amen to that.
verse 18. You have within you what it takes to be everyone's friend, regardless of how they treat you. Listen, you have what it takes. Look at me. You, you, there's a level of grace on you to be a friend. You have what it takes to be people's friend. Even the people that seem difficult, even the people that you're like, oh, I don't know about her. I don't know about him. Connect with them. Isabella's best friend right now is a person that at first Isabella was like, oh, I, I'm not, I, I'm not going to connect with her. I can't even stand her or whatever. The way that she came across the first way, blah, blah, blah. But now they are like this, right? So you have what it takes. You don't know. Like open up your heart. Cultivate relationships based on unconditional love and acceptance. Be approachable. Be open. Be open to whatever. You just never know the connections that God has for you. And it may come from, from a person that you never thought would be your friend. Be open to it, right? Verse 19. Do not bother yourselves to get even. This is reiterating. Uh, do not let, let anger or irritation distract you. See, what you seek to what, what you have in common right? You want to look for common ground. Don't get irritated. If you get irritated or frustrated, now you're not open anymore. If you get irritated or frustrated, now you're, you're not going to focus on what's important. You, you're going to be focusing on the conflict and not on reconciliation. You got to be looking for what you have in common with other people so that you can connect with them. Verse 20, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, given something to, to drink. These acts of kindness will be like heaping coals of fire on his head. I already told you that. And they're not even going to know how to deal with it, right? And so, so listen, this is a good strategy, he says. Be sensitive to the needs of your enemies. God sees gold in every person. Put in the chat, I'm a gold digger. Put in the chat, I'm a gold digger. God sees gold in every person. And so even if they're trying to act like your enemy... God sees gold in them. Be a gold digger. Try to dig that gold out of people. My spiritual father, Pastor Tony, he's a gold digger. He's going to try to get gold. He's going to seek to connect with people and pull out of them the gold that God placed on the inside of them. And even if they're doing wrong to you, as you're doing right to them, it's like heaping coals of fire on their head. They, they won't even know how to, how to deal with it. And verse 21, the last verse for today, I had to go through all of that fast. Verse 21, do not let evil be an excuse for you to feel defeated. Put in the chat, I will never be defeated. I, <laughs> I will never be defeated. Like, I will never feel defeated, right? God is the greatest power, so I will never be defeated, the song says. Rather, seize the opportunity to turn every situation into a victory. So watch this. Instead of seeing a bad situation, a difficult situation, as an opportunity for me to feel defeated, no, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say, my God can turn it around for my good. Everything, I'm, even a difficult situation, is a situation that my God can turn around for my good. Put this in the chat. Everything works together for my good. It's all going to work out for my good. So I refuse to be overcome by negativity. I refuse to be overcome by despair. I refuse to, to dwell on the negative. I refuse to delve into depression. No, I am more. Put in the chat. I am more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Every stumbling block will turn into a stepping stone. Come on, what the devil meant for evil, God is going to turn around for my good. So I'm not going to allow, and I will never be defeated. Put in the chat, I'm the victor and never the victim. Say amen to that. I covered a lot. I went through a lot of stuff today. This is why you need to get the notes. You get the notes for free. Sign up, get the notes. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice to speak this over your life. Prophesy. Say, Father, I choose to love genuinely without any hidden agenda, reflecting your unconditional love in this world. 
You enable me to see the value in every person. You bless me to see them the way that you do. As you do, I honor and value who they are and what you call them to do. You grace me to approach every relationship with empathy, kindness, and genuine compassion. You empower me to respond to challenges with a heart full of grace and love, becoming an instrument of your peace and reconciliation in a world that desperately needs it. I trust in your guidance to turn every difficult situation, turn it around for my good. I thank you, Father, for blessing me to have loving and thriving relationships in this world. Life is better when enjoyed with friends. Living this way, I know, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting these messages, go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. Before I let you go, my wife just posted this testimony. My best friend loved me even when I was not nice to her for the, on the first time when I met her because of the issues that I was going through. So Fergie, she mentioned her name, Deanne Ferguson, loved me in, um, in spite of me. I love you, Fergie. See, that's what I'm saying. Fergie ex expressed the love of God towards Isabella, even in a moment where Isabella, who is a woman of God, was having a moment of humanity. We all have moments of humanity. We all have, have issues. We, we're all flawed. None of us are perfect. So you just never know. God may have a tremendous blessing in that other person and you're blocking them because you don't like them or the way that they came across the first time. Come on, man. Open up your heart to the blessing that we have one with another. I love you. God loves you more. Do me a favor. Two things. Leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. I'll see you tomorrow morning. Greater is coming for all of us. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material. And there's also apparel there as well. Listen, thank you for being a blessing to us. We pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you.